0: Tough loss for the Seattle Seahawks. They lose 26-17 to the Los Angeles Rams on Thursday night football. It seemed like they just couldn't get things going. Disappointing loss. Had the lead 7-3 to at halftime. Outscored in the second half. 23-10. to 10. Russell Wilson gets Hurts on a deep pass to Tyler Lockett. Geno Smith takes over, has a pretty good game, goes 10 for 17, 131 yards. They had a chance to win this ball game with two minutes, nine seconds left in the fourth and just couldn't get it done. Geno throws an interception to Tyler Lockett. You look at the film, you can say it was a pass interference. You can say it was at the end of the day. It was still an interception. Matthew Stafford had a day, man. Threw for 365 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Robert Woods 12 receptions 150 yards russell wilson is now eight and a eight and twelve excuse me against the los angeles rams they just have his number this is a rivalry that the rams seem to have dominated they come here to lumen field and just get it done i don't know what else you can say we're going to hear from a lot of players after this we're going to hear from Jim Mueller. steve rabel is going to be joining us here in a second all that's coming up next on the seahawks radio network Welcome back to the Seahawks post-game show. I am Michael Bump. Is here with Ray Robbins and Robert Turbin. Right now, we're going to speak to the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. This was a very tough game. The Seahawks going to halftime seven to three outscored in the second half, twenty-three to ten. It seems like we're saying some of the same things every single week. It seems like quarterbacks can really toss a football against this football team. Overall thoughts of this game.
1: Well, I think you hit it a hole on the head there, Mike. Uh, you know, it just again, uh, the Seahawks played a pretty good first half, and defensively they played really well, held the Rams to three points. I mean, they did move up and down the field a little bit, but they really did the Seahawks stiffened on defense when they had to. And to hold the Rams to three points in the first half, they must have thought that, okay, coming in at halftime, let's keep doing what we're doing. Well, what happened was the Rams came out and they made some adjustments. And I, I think when you, when you finally start kind of peeling the onion away defensively, we just never were able to get enough pressure on, uh, on Matthew Stafford. Uh, one sack tonight, I don't remember him being moved off his mark very often at all. And he could just wait for guys to come open. And that's a kiss of death for the defense. And I'm not a defensive player, but you sure put a lot of pressure on those guys in the secondary when guys can just start out wide and eventually cross the middle of the field uh, it's, it's just tough. And, and they're going to have to just keep after it because nobody's going to feel sorry for the Seahawks, uh, let alone themselves. They're just going to have to find a way to manufacture more pressure on the quarterback. And then, again, get stickier on these receivers. You look at the list, going down the list of the Seahawks or the the, uh, the Rams, Woods with 12 catches, Cup with seven catches for 92 yards. Henderson, 17 carries for 82 yards. I mean, there's that, just a lot of offense that the Seahawks gave up tonight.
0: I guess a positive we can look at, Geno Smith came off the bench and really moved the football. He won a, went on a 10-play, 98-yard drive. I think that's why you keep veterans like Geno Smith around, especially at the quarterback position.
1: Absolutely, A nine-year veteran. He's got starting experience from his days with the Jets. Uh, Fell on, you know, some hard times back there in New York, but then who hasn't in New York City? I mean, that's kind of the way things go. But he's come out here and found a home, and he really is the perfect complement to Russell. And he ran better than I thought that I would have expected him to run the football. He was more mobile in the pocket, could slide up in the pocket and find his receivers. That 98-yard drive, you put that on your resume. You take that anywhere in the National Football League to lead that drive, coming out from under your own goalposts, and lead to a score that you absolutely had to have, and a perfect pass over a cornerback into the hands of your wide receiver. I mean, nobody will ever complain about what Geno Smith did today. The offense could have stayed on the field a little longer a couple of times, but all in all, offense played pretty good, but... They seventeen points probably not going to be enough to beat the Rams, and especially when they're on the field the whole time and and just able to kind of control the time of possession and and the offensive flow of things. All
0: right, raise the Hawks are two and three last year. They lost four ball games. It seems like we're uh, we're having these negative postgame shows more often than we did last year for sure. But now they go to pittsburgh two face the steelers now we know the struggles that ben roethlisberger has had this year um, this has to be a game where the secondary can gain some confidence and kind of get after a quarterback who's towards the end of his career you
1: hope that that's going to happen they've got some pretty good weapons uh, at pittsburgh juju smith schuster is is a pretty good receiver Uh, He may not catch as many passes as Robert Woods did here tonight, but then again, not many guys will against the Seahawks. But, yeah, they got a pretty good team, and they've got a a defense coached by Keith Butler, who was my old teammate here. He's been their defensive coordinator forever back there. So they know how to get after you. And the last time we went back there, remember, uh, Ben got hurt, tore his elbow up, never played another down for the rest of that season. And so the Seahawks won that game. I don't know that that's going to be the case this year. You never know, but they're just going to have to get right, look at a lot of film, figure out what they did wrong. And the Seahawks have done actually pretty well on those East Coast games, went back to Indy opening game and won. So let's hope that this they travel well, get back there to Pittsburgh, and forget about everything that happened here against the Rams. We're going to see them another time. We'll see them down in Los Angeles late in the season. Make them pay for what they did here tonight.
0: I sure do hope. So, Rabel, hopefully next time we talk to you postgame, we're talking about a win, man. You get home safely. All
1: right, Bump. Thanks, buddy.
0: I appreciate you, Rabel. All right, when we return, we'll hear from the head coach Pete Carroll. We'll go down to the locker room, hear from Jim Mueller and players, and hear from players as they step up to the podium. The Seahawks lose in a tough one at home, 26-17. to 17. Welcome back to the Seahawks post game show. I'm sitting here looking at about six to eight. Disappointed fans, we are right there with you. <laughs> Very disappointed. I feel your pain. This was a game that we felt the Seahawks could win. We knew it was going to be tough, but we were encouraged off the performance from last week. Quandre Diggs, back to back games with an interception. Back to back games, you don't score off a turnover. Um, second half, right? You go into the half seven to three. You're feeling okay, right? You felt like you, you should have been up 10 to three, but you missed a field goal by Myers. Myers missed a 35-yard field goal. And uh, the second half, they just couldn't really get going, come out three and out, and um, just difficult, man. It didn't yeah. feel like anything flowed the second half, right?
2: But it just didn't seem there were opportunities to be had there, and and they didn't make them. You know, after we get the turnover in the end zone, then we give the ball right back to them. You know, on an interception, and then uh, and then a few times we had them in, you know, third and medium to like long situations, and we let them complete, you know, double-digit yard passes for first down, so we couldn't really get off the field, uh, those types of things. And then the second half, uh, the offense just didn't seem like it could find the rhythm that it that it had in the first half. You know, even though they only scored the seven points, but they had the drive that could should have led to a field goal, so there were some uh, some good things happening there. But the second half, it just seemed like they could never recapture. Uh, whatever that mojo was that they had in in the first half. I
3: think it's just a lack of, you know, knowing who we are offensively going to the second half. And obviously we had a good first half and we had a good rhythm going on. And so you want to go into the second half, kind of doing some similar things, but also, you know, making a couple of adjustments, right. To build on Mm -hmm. what you've done in the first half. And it just seems like we don't have that ability on offense right now to be able to either build on what we did in the first half or even rebound, from what we've done in the first half. And so, you know, I think that's an identity crisis for us. Offensively, it just kind of seems like, to me, we're just kind of figuring out what we want to do and not knowing what we want to do.
0: Now, there's no QB controversy here. Let's go ahead and throw that out there. <laughs> Gino did put together the best drive of the night, 10 plays, 98 yards. And what I saw from that drive was just him taking what the defense was giving him, getting the ball out quickly. And I like the tempo, that they play with there were several times in the first half where we saw them play with that tempo but it seemed like when gina was in and they were down they got that up tempo going maybe they should lean on that a bit earlier
2: well you know it's it's great you you and steve were talking about it just a second ago it's great to have a veteran backup like that who has been there and done that you know he's been in, in in games in nfl as a starter uh the thing that was interesting to me about that that whole drive was how calm the offense seemed yeah like everybody just seemed to kind of take a deep breath and calm down. The protection was better. The pocket was clean. Uh, He wasn't panicked in the pocket. Even when he got pressure, he found a place to step up and either run or get the ball out of his hand. So it was, it was a very impressive drive, which which gave you hope that, you know, Hey, we're, we're still in this thing and we're going to have a chance uh, to win it at the end. And, but then the defense couldn't come up with a stop to get the ball back to him in time.
3: Yeah. You could definitely tell the offense was comfortable with Gino and and the thing that, really, you know, stood out to me as it pertains to Gino was just his confidence, right? His poise, and that helps being a veteran, and it helps being in a, you know, around the same offensive players uh, for a number of years at a time and and growing that continuity amongst one another. So the fact that he was able to, you know, complete passes to DK like he's been doing it all season, like he's been doing it for for years, was really exciting to see. There were a few (laughs) plays
0: that happened that um, were kind of disappointing a bit. You get that interception in the end zone, you don't score off of that. Russ throws an interception, first one of the year. And then that miss to Tyler Lockett was huge, man. Yeah. Tyler Lockett ran a nice little out and up, gets downfield. Russell throws it, um, just misses, hits his finger on a helmet, which you never want to see. And uh, that was kind of, it felt like that was the game. It's like, oh, we almost had it. You know, yeah. that, that deep play to Deshaun Jackson. I mean, Jamal Adams was on top he was on top. You had a quarter in between and Matthew Stafford just dropped a, a dime right in between the two and right. you're like, man, what what else could, a, could Jamal Adams have done there? Yes, he could have made a play on the football. I get that. But he kept everything in front and Deshaun Jackson just made a play. It felt like when you're in a dream and you try to run and you just can't, <laughs> yeah, you just can't open up the <laughs> gate, you know, that's what this felt like. It felt like a dream where we just couldn't get going.
2: Well, I'll just put it first. I don't dream about running because I never could run. <laughs> so, um, but trying to get out of the bed and fight with the covers in the sleep like I do that, but now it, it uh, on that one pass, you know, where Russell you know hurt his finger. You know, for 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 the most part, the offensive line did a good job of kind of keeping Aaron Donald out of the picture. Uh, but then there were moments where he just kind of you know kind of reared his ugly head and then that one he got a, just enough pressure where russell couldn't really step in and finish that throw or maybe get the the elevation on the throw that he wanted to have uh, and so it was unfortunate that he you know that he, that he hurt his finger in that situation and then to deal with jamal adams you know i think part of it too on that long i think it was like 68 yard pass he just couldn't locate the ball yeah. like he, he kind of he was in the right position but then maybe i don't know if he lost the ball in the air or, what have you but it's like that those types of plays when we talk about this four five six plays in a game that determine the game that's one of those that's one of those opportunities where it could have been an incomplete pass but it worked in the favor of the other team the the pass to lock it could have possibly been a touchdown but couldn't quite get into the throw enough to kind of put it right on them like russell can and then all of a sudden you get in nothing out of it except for an injured finger so it's like those four or five plays can either work against you or for you. And in this situation, those those couple worked against them.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I think there are plays that, that can determine the game. I think there are plays that happen that are like buzz kills, for lack of a better word. You know, we have to miss field goal, buzz kill. You know, uh, the touchdown to Tyler Lockett, right, we get a holding penalty, right, uh, self-inflicted, you know, wounds that we're putting on ourselves. I think the fourth and two uh, that we didn't convert uh, maybe could have, you know, ran into a different spot you know looking at it from 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 my view obviously you don't know what you're seeing on the field but i thought if he would have just stayed kind of on his path on that outside zone he might have been able to all convert. right turbo
0: let me hop in there real quick Pete carroll the head coach is stepping up to the podium
4: disappointing uh, second half for us uh first half of the game kind of went like we had hoped we'd keep it close and play tough and and see what would happen had a chance to be up you know mm-hmm. Uh, save the penalty that, that happened to us right at the end of the half a really nice two-minute drive would have capped it off well um, uh, unfortunately we you know we didn't get that done and then the second half we just didn't we we had one monster play that happened in the game and we are in command of the third and ten and and uh, and we were on top of it and all that and they make they make a, a you know I don't know what kind of play that was is a very fortunate play and and but it changed the field position and gave them a chance and then they went ahead and scored and and took advantage of that um that was a huge play in the game i thought and and uh unfortunate the um it was an unusual game in that you know we played defensively played really well on third down you know they that was one of their con, two conversions in the game and, and usually that that gives you a really good chance to play well like we did in the first half and and uh, but there was just too many too many big plays Stafford you know hitting uh, both Robert and uh, and Cooper over the middle uh, th- those plays were just field changing uh, plays and they got in behind us in our zones uh, and we didn't have the pressure to, to keep the ball to get it dumped down so it was just this football stuff and uh and the things that we have to we have to fix we have to clean up we got to get better at and we got to make sure that we don't you know we don't allow that to happen again because the second half was a big explosion for them offensively and and uh uh, we really were way better control of that and really disappointed that we let that happen um i thought this is a significant night because russell wasn't able to finish the uh the second half um he's got a badly sprained finger that, that you know we need to figure out um, there's well work to be done in, in, in assessing all of that. Uh, Russell's one of the great healers uh, in the in, in, in of all time, and, and he'll do whatever he can to get back as soon as absolutely possible. On the other side of that, Geno did a really really good job, uh, very much in command. We were able to do all kinds of things with him out there. Uh, he handled uh, all of the communications beautifully and, and played really well. And and uh, um, you know, we, we had a chance to win a football game with all of that. We had a chance to win a football game with the ball in our hands and a couple minutes to go. And, and, uh, unfortunately, I you mean, know, we, we throw an interception when Tyler slips and, you know, get stripped. I don't know what happened on the play. I couldn't tell, but, uh, I, I do know that they made the big play that changed it. Um, give them credit. Uh, they bounced back from a loss last week and, and they did a nice job hanging in this game and, and took advantage of the opportunities when they came. And, and, uh, you know, they're a good club and we know them and know that, and, uh, so there's there's stuff for us to fix. There's stuff for me to fix. Um, there, there's there's areas that are just jumped out. That, that when they're able to throw the ball over the middle like that, um, they're getting too much time, and we have to and we and we have to do a better job with our backers, and we have to get to the quarterback. So he has to dump the football off, and that did not happen in the second half. And uh, this has been a very good pass protection team. You know, they've only had three sacks all season, and the quarterback doesn't get hit, and they were able to do that in the second half, and that gave them the shot to to get back in it, and they did it. So. And more power to them. Is there any
5: early indication on how long Russell might be no.
4: out? No. I wouldn't put any timeline on it right now.
5: I, it, I, I might have misheard you. I thought you said more work for Russell
1: Wilson. Does that mean additional imaging?
4: Well, they, we just got here, you know. I mean, right to the time to assess. So I, I don't have anything for you at all. But whatever. Yeah, they'll you know they'll do everything that needs to be done. X-rays and all that kind of stuff.
6: What was the determining factor that?
4: um he, he wasn't able to, to hold on to the football the way he needed to to throw it because we were going to throw the ball we to throw it all over the place and uh we didn't know you know what he would be able to do when he was just unsure and uh you know i trust him that i mean if he could have he would have does he did he dislocate the finger at all is it out of place or I don't, I don't know that i'm not going to tell you i don't know anything greg i really don't know enough about it i know that it was you know it was pretty darn sore
5: once they were really having a lot of success carving you guys up with those crossing routes and your linebackers are having trouble, why not play Ryan Neal more and have
4: more this has uh, nothing to do with it. Sorry. It has nothing to do with it. Um, they were, it was on first and second downs, you know, and and uh, he plays in dime, you know, in third down situations. It's just maybe we would will resort to that. That was not in the game plan to be done this time. So I, I, that wouldn't have made a difference, I don't think.
1: Pete, you mentioned
4: the one monster. But I'm, Because you brought it up, I'm going to check it out.
1: You missed the one monster play on offense. Is there a frustration five games
5: in about not because I mean, you want a balanced offense. You want a rhythm on offense. Are you
1: getting that this year or is it more boom or bust?
4: We've been pretty, pretty big play oriented, um, which is what we always want to be. We always want to be like, always want to be explosive and, and all that. Um, it, it felt like we had. <clears throat> We, we, we didn't feel like we weren't able to, to protect protect them. And it felt like we ran the ball some, you know, and it felt like the, that the game was there for us. Uh, and uh, until kind of suddenly it wasn't, you know, and then Russ goes out and we, the things changed and we needed to complement better with our play on defense at that time. And, and we weren't able to do that. You mentioned Gino a little bit
7: earlier, but Obviously it didn't end the way he wanted, but for him to get a shot, you know, he is the backup. He doesn't
4: usually get to play to to play yeah, well. I, I, I went right, I went right to Gino afterwards and just said, you know, you've been waiting a long time for your opportunity, and the, the faith that you've shown in our program and in us to to stay with us and and all that, and, and so proud that he when he got in there, he did great. He really looked good, and. Uh, He's been working for that. He's a talented football player. He knows our system. He knows if if Gino's going to play for us. Some as Russ comes back, um, you know, he showed that we're in good hands. And and, uh, I was just proud for him, and and the fact that he hung with us all this time and uh, and believed in being part of this program. And then when he got his chance, he did well. That was really that was pretty good.
6: What was Wilson's demeanor like on the sideline when he came out of that game?
4: very matter of fact very you know very calm about it um he was clear that you know th- this was not going to be the night to come back in there and, and he tried and would have if he could have and uh um but already projecting forward you know i'll be back i'm gonna get this done we'll get this figured out and all that and see what you know whatever and uh, just exactly like he does you know he he knows that's where he goes he's not going to sit in the moment and, and and dwell on it at all and he didn't <clears throat>
5: It seems like you guys did a pretty good job protecting both quarterbacks tonight. That, you know, Russell's two stacks seemed to be on him late in the plays and, and the way he, Gino had time late in the game as well. Does that seem like against that front that it held up the way?
4: It's one of on. the best outings we've had, yeah. And, and I think that that's part of the, the system and in the way we did it. Uh, we we had some different thoughts this time around, and I thought it worked out really well. The guys did very well up front. Gerald uh, Everett, he had played, did he test negative today? He... he what I'll tell you about it, I mean, there's, there's a, it's a, I was in it all the way until 1 o'clock today. Um, he tested negative. Again, his his test will be, um, you know, the test for today will come back tomorrow because it had to go to Burbank to, to get assessed. But that, um, he really kind of got caught in the technicality that, that uh, because he had been positive, he needed two negative tests back to back. But because he had proven the, the test, the first negative test wasn't decisive enough. It, it wasn't a, a powerful enough statement about the, the level that he was at for the docs to okay it. So the, you know, he was negative, yeah, he was negative. And then he was negative the next day too. So we had two days in a row, but the first day didn't, they didn't count it. And so the next day was today. And uh, I think, you know, I think some stuff will happen here with the league. They, they, we realized that, we were in a difficult situation, you know, because we couldn't get the, te- the today's test to the place in time, you know, be- there's no way. And uh, so I think they'll, they're will they going to look at that because, you know, it was a difficult deal. We were, I really was pulling for him. I just wanted that to happen, you know, um, because he had, I think, five straight negative Mesa tests, you know, five days. And so but that wasn't enough.
6: When you told us yesterday that he tested negative that was a test he had taken on Tuesday the day before
4: for, that showed up yesterday Yeah, yeah. as well as the amazing he tested negative for five days And this is the reason we're talking about it is because everybody's talking should understand COVID and how it works Even whether it's football or whether it's in real life and all of that um, You know, there's these tests tell us a lot of stuff, but some tests are, are considered more accurate than others and uh, so and the the way that the tests are evaluated, or, or more clearly assess the the level of the load of the of the virus, and in that, um, they just it wasn't quite enough. <laughs> it was negative but it wasn't quite enough and so um i hope they'll they'll learn and figure it out as we all go this all this stuff is brand new and you know we could be griping about it and all that but i'm not i'm not you know i just i know exactly what happened and i competed with them all the way to have a chance yeah you know, for for gerald to play against these guys and and uh, they, they just couldn't get there and what did you get out of Alex Collins? What did you see? In terms of- I think Alex continues to show good stuff. Everything he does, you know, he shows quickness and playmaking ability. Very good in the open field. The screen was a beautiful run. Um- You know, Alex is really doing his job. You know, something we should mention, you didn't ask about this. I I don't know this for sure, but that might have been one of the great plays I've ever seen a a punter make. I mean, it's one of the great kicking plays in the history of the league. I've never seen anything. I mean, and I've been around a lot longer than you guys. And I've seen a lot of football. I've never seen that happen before. And uh, what a remarkable play it was. And then not just to kick it again, but to kick it where we kicked it and to get so much out of it. Um, and I, like I haven't seen, I haven't seen the film or anything. I don't know anything, what, how close it was to being across a the line of scrimmage. But it was just a remarkable moment. And uh, you know, Mikey's pretty darn good football player, man.
6: Right? one hand scoop.
4: Yeah, the Excellent. scoop was uh, ridiculous. It reminds me of one that Marshawn had made years ago. We plucked it. Um, but that was a marvelous play we witnessed. So,
8: so you decided
3: to punt earlier in their territory, and then the next drive you, you go for it. It was different. Yeah, they, the situation. What
4: was the well you know if, if if you're listening to the to the the numbers and all and there, when fourth and two I, I can't tell you too much i'm not tell you too much about it i can't tell you sorry um but there's there were different different situations what do you think
6: of adams the way he played tonight
4: jamal um well unfortunately on the big play you know we the, we he didn't find his way to the ball you know um you know it, they, they were very fortunate that that happened. We were over the top and had the guy doubled and then all that kind of stuff. And it's, they, they wound up, I, I don't even know why he threw it, but the fact that they did and they made a play, you know, give them credit, it's a great play by their quarterback and by Deshaun. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not going after any one guy on anything about anything right now. So that's not the time to go after me first. Yes. Uh,
5: Daryl Taylor had his fourth sack in this one. Uh, what have you made to the start to
4: He's he's really doing well. He's gonna. um, I mean, this is the guy that he's gonna have multiple sacks in games. You know, he's, he's you know he's just a factor and so we just got to keep placing him and getting him in there and, and uh, it's obvious I mean after this break we'll, we'll reassess a little bit of the, the first five games have a chance here um, and maybe we got to spot him even more than he's already getting you know and, and more in passing down stuff because he's just he's been one of our most effective guys there's, there's no surprise to us he's looked you know like a beautiful football player coming up he's just raw and young and getting it figured out he's going to be really tough. To, to deal with as we go down the schedule.
5: The sequence at the end of the first half where you get the long completion to DJ Dallas, and then it looked like it, it took a while for that next play to get on. Yeah, we,
4: yeah the, really we were hoping to play fast right there. We just got a little sticky in the call, and, and it, we, we didn't want to give a, you know, stop the clock there and give them a break. We wanted to put the pressure on them, which is we, we love to do that, and it just wasn't, I, the, the clock was burning right there. It, was, it just took us a while to get uh, to get set up, and, but you know, it was 8 or 10, 12 seconds maybe more than we should have, and I was counting on it being faster, but it just didn't quite work out. Um, that was a, a really, you know, a beautiful drive. Uh, except that, you know they got us on the, on the hold. Um, you know we couldn't ask for more. But um, yeah, just just the car just drained there when we were expected to, to wind you know, get get up and down faster than that. Do
7: you know enough about Russell's
4: injury to rule out surgery? No, I don't know. That. I don't have any idea about that right now. Sorry called russ one of the great healers of all time because his durability
9: and ability to bounce back over the years been one of his kind of hidden traits oh um
4: he's you he's been just remarkably uh, durable and and uh and but what's the the marvelous part about it is his attitude about how he approaches it i mean he is going to heal him he's going to heal himself and and uh you know, he, he is the epitome of what the, the mentality taking control of, of how your body functions, man. He just, he makes stuff happen, you know, and does marvelous things. There's there's a number of players that we've had over years that they just heal better than others. Uh, uh, Penny Hart, you know, he played with a second degree knee sprain. I mean, there's no way in a short week he played and, and was remarkable i mean he some guys would you might be out for three four weeks and, and he i don't know how he did it we didn't it was a marvel to everybody but he he never was going to miss it and his mentality is the kind of mentality that that exhibits those the people that can do stuff like that remarkable I and mean, russell is the epitome of that
6: just to clarify, did Russ tell you when he came off the field after that throw to Parkinson? He
4: said, "I just can't throw." No, it, no, it, no. He was trying to figure it out. We were all they were working to figure it out, and then it took a while, and finally, that just could tell that it was it just wasn't wasn't right to, to to go back out. Did
5: you have to make the call
4: that he can't go back out? Um, when well, no, I worked with the, the the docs and everybody was together on that, you know. Um, I did not have to make the call. I wasn't going to force him back out. He, Russ, knows, Russ knows his body. He knows what he can do. And and uh, um, so we just we just worked it out. Was
5: he pushing hard to get there or he knew it was
4: too bad? I'm sorry. Is was he again?
5: pushing hard to get back in the game or he knew? It
4: was too no, bad? no, he knew. He knew that this w- wouldn't help us um, at, at tonight. Anything else? Thank
5: you. Thank you. Thank
4: you. All right, that was
0: Pete Carroll. Obviously disappointed. Russell Wilson tried to get back in the game. Just couldn't do it. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seahawks radio network.
10: Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo radio. A conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM, Tacoma, Seattle.
0: Okay, let's go back to the podium. Quandre Diggs just stepped up.
11: Um, a lot of football to be played, and we know what we got to do. So um, guys got to lock in and be ready to go.
7: So you guys know what they got to do with beyond locking in with it, What
11: you guys got to do? On I mean, we got that we need to fix, and everybody knows that. So at the end of the day, you know, you either do your job or you're not ready for this type of uh, type of atmosphere. That's just plain and simple.
5: <clears throat> Pete has said that the big plays in the passing game haven't been because of continuity. At this point, do you think it's mostly communication that's causing
11: those problems? or? I mean, I don't know, you know. Need to get fixed. I know that, and I think we had the guys in the room to fix it. And um, you know, we just got to do what we got to do, and um, hopefully, we make these plays uh, when these opportunities come.
1: sixty-eight what did you see on the coverage from Sidney How did you see
11: that play out? I didn't really see it. I was on the other side, so. Um, I just started running when I seen the ball in there, air. So um, I didn't really get to see it. I didn't really look at it on the iPad. Um, so, um, <clears throat> I mean, like I said, those plays we got to have. You know, we can't have guys third and 10 and we give up big plays like that. That's that's unacceptable. You guys have
5: been able to put together good halves, good court. But uh, how frustrating is
11: it that you guys haven't quite been able to put those full game performances together? I mean, it's super frustrating because you can see what we did that first half, you know, we were locked in guys were on their stuff. And um, I don't know if it's mental lapses. I don't know what it is. Guys get comfortable that, you know, we hold a team to three points or you get relaxed. But I mean, it's the NFL. You can't do that. You know, what I mean, um, survival game. I would think everybody's antennas would be up and um, I just I don't know. So um, we'll see
5: in the third quarter in particular in either the intensity or guys antennas not being up because that one seemed like
11: one that hurt you exponentially tonight. Um, Honestly, I couldn't tell you. Um, you know, I try to focus on myself and do my job and, you know, um, try to keep the my intensity up so everybody else can see and feed off me. Um, so um, I couldn't tell you to, honestly because, you know, um, it's not really... My job, my job is cover seams in post and intercept passes.
6: This is kind of unfamiliar territory with Russell Wilson's status seemingly being up in the air. What, what's your thought on that?
11: I mean, I'm not a doctor. I just play ball. My job is to cover seams in post and get interceptions.
5: What did you see from Geno tonight?
11: I mean, it was it was great. You know, I've seen Geno in action uh, multiple times. I've seen him tear, tear us up in college. So. Um, He's had his opportunities. He's played big time ball in the NFL before, and um, he looked like it. So um, it's nothing, you know, I mean, nothing that Geno did that impressed me because I know the type of work he put in, and I know how he tried to kill us at practice. So um, he was ready for his moment, and he took advantage of it. What do you see on
5: your own interceptions?
11: See ball, get ball. I mean, I think I've been doing that since I've been here, and like I said, I just do my job, you know what I mean? I don't I don't get into anything else. I do my job and, you know, I think my numbers speak for themselves.
10: I know this is outside the scope of your job, but if it was your job to
1: figure out what needs to change between now and you take the field again in 10 days, what's the first thing that
10: you address? It's not my
11: job. I just work here. Specifically, what was going on with all the big plays
10: over the middle
11: of the property? Mm-hmm. I guess we'll look at it on film, you know get it figured out, I mean, that's been a big deal for us all year. So, um, we just got to kind of know ball and, you know, lock into certain situations and and knowing that. You obviously know Matthew
1: very well from your time in Detroit. Were you surprised at the misfire is deep? Because
11: he has several of them. I mean, I think one thing I'll say about nine, he's a tough fella. So, um, even if he's going through some things or he has some, you know, I think, um, he missed on some throws, some throws that he would probably love to have back. Even on a deep ball, that wasn't one of his greatest throws. So, um, I'm sure, you know, <clears throat> if it is something, you guys will know. If not, you know, he'll get it fixed. I know that guy, I love that guy, so um he'll be all right. Anything else
0: guys? That was Quandre Diggs, had an interception today, two interceptions in the last two weeks, just not enough to get it done. Tonight's game is presented by Lumen, the platform for amazing things. When we return, we will hear from more players at the podium, and we'll go down to the locker room with interviews from Jen Mueller. Seahawks lose a tough one to the Rams, 26-17. to 17. Welcome back to the Seahawks post post-game show. I am Michael Bumpus, along with Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin. We're going to hear from Tyler Lockett. He's at the podium live now.
10: It messes with me as a person or my career and stuff like that things happen and that's just a part of the game of football you know things go your way all the time sometimes things don't bounce in your in you know in your court sometimes everything bounces in your court but i mean at the end of the day um if this is what you know my role looks like i'm willing to embrace it and keep going i'm not gonna let anything stop me from you know, glorifying God and being the best self that I could possibly be for Him. So if this is an obstacle and a block for me, then I'm I just gotta get back to the drawing board and do what I gotta do.
5: You didn't have any noticeable drops. What did you leave out
10: there? You said you left a lot out. There. Uh, I mean, you know, I got behind the defense. I just gotta be able to finish. Um, on that, even you know, like, even though I got the penalty, I, I still want to catch the ball. <laughs> like I don't want to go home being like, yes, I got the penalty. You know, like I, I just expect more out of myself. You know, just to be able to finish those types of plays. Um, you know, even a play last week, I just want to be able to see myself and see how great I could really be at this game before my time is done. You know what I mean? Like when I look back at my time, when I'm done playing, I want to be able to sit back and and really say that I did everything that I could possibly do. And if there's things that I need to work on, I'm willing to work on it. I'm trying to be able to see. Um, I'm trying to be open in every area and not closed off. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, route running, I think I did a great job. Like I said, um, some plays just didn't go my way, and that's fine. That's the game of football. But, you know, when I'm out there, I want to make sure that that I'm great in every area. And, um, you know, for me, it's just plays that happen. Like Jalen made a, a heck of a play. You know, so for me, it's like, all right, well, let's go back. Let's, let's work on being able to get out of the break. And if I can't get it, make sure I swat it down. You know, maybe I shouldn't have tried to catch it. Just little stuff like that. It's not really about beating myself up. Stuff like that's not gonna happen. Um, second interception. You know, I said, hey, I got tripped, but you know, that's still on me. I'll take that. Um, but like I said, it's just, it's just me trying to get better and do what I need to do. Take these couple of days off and um, reset. Get myself ready for the next game.
6: Tyler, I'm sorry if you asked this already, but if Gino starts the next game, how do you feel like he's going to handle that opportunity?
10: Um, I mean, I think he's going to do great, just like he did with the opportunity that he got. Um, if that is the case, that happens.
5: Tyler, somebody who has to handle the ball like you do, what was your reaction to seeing Michael Dixon scoop up a ball like that and get off the second <sighs> spot in
10: the way you did? Crazy play. Um, I think so many things have happened in the game of football this year to where people are going to start making more rules (laughs) because I never knew that you can kick the ball if it gets blocked and then pick it up and kick it again. I mean, it's the same way as I don't know if a quarterback can throw it and it gets tipped and he catches it. I don't even know if he could throw it again. (laughs) So, I mean, like, you know, things are happening that doesn't normally happen, but I think that It'll be interesting to see what happens with the NFL and if they even say if that's possible that we can do. But that was a heck of a kick. And I was, just to be able to think about that at that moment when everybody's running at you and stuff like that, I mean, hey, he he's ahead of the game when it comes to that as a punter. Uh,
6: not a lot of people in Seattle have seen Gino just because he hasn't played much uh, until tonight. What do what you guys see in practice in the meeting rooms that nobody else sees outside the building?
10: I mean, exactly what you saw today. You know, I think that's just the thing. Everybody is like that until you get an opportunity. You know what I mean? And, um, I mean, we all knew what Geno could do. Like, we seen it when he was on other teams in the NFL. Heck, I've seen it when I was in the Big 12 (laughs) when we played against them. So, I mean, we all know what he's capable of being able to do. And, like I said, man, he did amazing. Like, he really did awesome. And I was happy for him, proud of him. And, you know, the sky's the limit for him. And I'm just happy that he, you know, he got himself an opportunity and he made the best out of it. And um, that's all I can really say.
11: What, what makes you guys feel like this is a team that
10: could uh, win a championship at the end of the year? Uh, you know, I think we got everything that we need. A lot of the stuff is just kinky things like just being able to get back to the fundamentals. Um, as far as athleticism, as far as, you um, The coaches, as far as the players, I mean, I personally believe that we do have everything that we need. We just got to be able to adjust when it comes to the third downs, you know, for us as an offense. We got to be able to, um, like I said, be great in all phases. I think we did a great job being able to move the ball. Um, If we do go forward on fourth down, we got to get that. You know what I mean? It's not on the coaches. It's not on anybody else. It's it's on us. We got to be able to get that. That's how much faith that they got in us as an offense. And so I think, like the more that we continue to learn the offense, the more we continue to um, go back to the drawing board at practice. Um, it's like I said before, losses are only losses if you don't learn from it. And you know, it's a long season, but for us, as long as we're able to learn from this and grow from this, and not a let it not let it affect us to be great down the road, then you know I think we'll be great. Real quick, you hurt, you hurt your hip.
7: Uh, at what point did that
6: happen? Last week. The doubt on the
10: way, like, the
6: thing
10: with you twisted your knee. Nah, I was good on that. Yeah. How's the hit down? You I don't know. You got to talk to the trainers on that one. I mean, <laughs> y'all be trying to get me fined. <laughs> Anything else, guys? Appreciate it. Thank you, Tyler.
5: All
0: right, that was Tyler Lockett. Five catches today, 57 yards on 10 targets. Obviously, disappointing. Lumen Field is hiring—from touchdown celebrations to the roar of the 12s. Come be a part of the energy and excitement of game days at Lumenfield. Apply now for part-time game day roles at lumenfield.com/employment. When we get back, we're going to hear from QB number two. He got a chance to play today. Geno Smith is going to step to the platform. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks post-game. I'm Michael Bump. Is here with Ray Roberts and Robert Turman. We're going to join Geno Smith live at the podium. You said you
1: stay ready week out as if you're gonna be a starter, but it's been a long time since you've been called upon to play this. What keeps you motivated week in and week out to prepare the same way?
8: Uh, You know, my motivation comes from a bunch of factors. You know, my family, uh, obviously my my son, um, and obviously just the love for the game, you know, just respecting the game. Um, You know, I've been playing this game long enough to know, you know, just just when you think it's not gonna happen is when it does. And so uh, just preparing every single time, It is gut wrenching sometimes, you know, sometimes I fight back tears before the games like, man, I wish I could be out there. But reality is, is you got to prepare and you got to keep preparing. And um, that's something that I pride myself on is being prepared and always being ready. And that goes mentally, physically and everything else. Did Russell Wilson say anything to you
10: before you either before you went on or after that first touchdown drive?
8: You know, not, not much needs to be said. You know, Russ knows me. He sees me every day in practice. You know, he, he knows what I can do, and so so do the other guys. Um, it's not a surprise to anyone. Um, more, more so, like I said, we're just trying to get wins, and, and today we fell short.
6: What do you want to show the NFL if you do get a chance to start next Sunday at Pittsburgh?
8: Just one win. That's all that's important, just one win. Do
1: you have any feel for whether you're going to get the start right now as it stands right
8: now? We'll see. We'll see. But I'll be ready. Anything
0: else? Thank you, Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. That was Geno Smith-Turbo. You know my grandma said when I was in high school? She said, stay ready Which so you ain't, ain't got to get ready. <laughs> That's exactly what Geno Smith did. 10 for 17, 131 yards, one touchdown, an interception that I feel like could have been completed if Tyler didn't trip. I put a tweet out and said that would have been called in the first half. People are like, oh, he flopped like a soccer player. He might have sold it a little bit, but there definitely was some contact. What would you see out of Geno?
3: Man, I saw a, a, a consummate pro- professional, man. All his teammates that stood up on the podium today raved about him, not only about his preparation and their their confidence in him being ready for this moment and not being surprised that he had success when he got in the game, but just the fact that they felt like that's what he's always done yep. throughout his entire career, even even dating back to college. So, you know, when you, when you can step out there and fill in for – you know, you have big shoes to fill in an all-pro quarterback and still have uh, teammates around you that are confident in you, that believe in you, and you have continuity amongst those guys. I mean, it bodes really well uh, for a guy like Geno Smith.
0: There's was a uh, something a pattern that we saw. Third quarter wells, man, once again. Third quarter, the Hawks had three possessions. Three punts, zero points, and 16 yards. The Rams, on the other hand, had 211 yards of offense. What is it about the third quarter? Does it... You know, because when you're young, you know, in your high school, you go into the locker room, you say it's zero zero, guys, (laughs) zero zero. We got to come out with the same intensity. You would think at the professional level, that's just not going to happen. What are you seeing in these third quarters? Well, it it really does come down
4: to
2: a lot of the things that we're just talking about, whether it's a lack of execution, or you get a a team at third and ten and they complete like a twenty something yard pass for first down, or you you know you take a you know a a sack for minus twelve yards, so now you're way behind the chains. So it's like. I don't think it's anything that teams are doing to us. It's like Robert, you know, said to, to begin with these self-inflicted wounds, you know, uh, that kind of that hold you back. And so, um, you know, last week they proved they could come out and, and move the ball and score in the th- in the in the third quarter and this week, I mean, this this game it just it didn't happen for them. And then, you know, if you look at it on the Rams side of the ball, uh, you know, you can speak to the same thing. The defense couldn't get off the field. There was like a series of like Uh, You know, two, I think two drives in a row that consisted of maybe like 20 plays and seven of those plays were 20 yards or more for the Rams. You know, you know, probably nine or 10 of those plays were 10 plays or more. So they were giving up chunk plays and and, then both of those drives ended in touchdowns. So that makes it hard then for the for the offense to have any room for error. So like you can't afford to have a three and out. But then they were having a night where they had three and outs in the third quarter.
0: Lots of three and outs timely three and outs we talk about self-inflicted wounds the first thing i did was look at the penalties you know How many penalties they had three for 20 yards three penalties the hawks had so that means that those penalties were timely the um, inconsistency in making big plays were timely like I, I think about that touchdown you brought up turbo and it was like that touchdown Tyler Lockett. that was one of the penalties out of the three so it's like okay they're getting better in the penalty column but it's like <laughs> when you need to make a play yeah. those penalties yeah, yeah, just show up yeah. for yeah. some reason yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, and it just kind of feels like we're waiting in the third quarter. It's like you know, guys are waiting around for somebody else to make the play or or bail us out. You know, or man, hopefully on offense we can throw a nine route to DK and that'll get us going. And instead of you know, consistently being aggressive, staying on the attack, uh, and and being consistent with what we're doing. You know, and and so you know, I, I feel like for whatever reason in the third quarter we kind of just lose our lack of uh togetherness you see guys kind of getting out of their gaps in the defensive line and now the rams are starting to uh have big runs on the offense right after we were bottling those guys up in the first half and so uh you know we got to be able to stay connected for four quarters or we're going to continue to lose games
0: man every week I'm, i'm again same story every week third downs Four for 10 on third downs. That's 40%. That's better than what they've typically been they're around 33%, I believe, is what our producer, NASA Chobe told me. Um, but the L.A. Rams were two for 10, yet they put up 476 yards. So they're, just not, they're making these bigger plays on first and second down, where it seems like the Hawks are getting to third down and they're not making these big plays. These stats are confusing as heck sometimes, man. If <laughs> yes, yeah, they, they yeah, don't tell the yeah. full story, you have to watch the game to understand what happened.
2: You know, that's why I always right. say, you know, like uh, you get some of these folks on Twitter and stuff, and they want to give you all the, the data and yeah. stuff, and then there's some people that just want to tell the story. And, you know, I have this deal that, like, if, if you just use the numbers, the numbers can be misleading. If you just use the narrative, the narrative can be empty. So you have to have both of them together. Mm. And so uh, uh, because otherwise you can manipulate anything to say what you want it to say. Uh, and so that's why sometimes these numbers are hard to follow. I think that something that's important is what <laughs> Turbo was just pulling up during the break. and th- And he talked about it just a little bit about the connectedness of the defense. It seems as if on both sides of the ball, there are just players occupying spaces. But there's not a connectivity of those players yeah. like yeah. E- e- like in some sense, it almost I'm not you know trying to go there or saying it, but it almost seems like there may not be a whole lot of dudes that like kick it up, up away from the field. I'm not sure. But on the on the football field, it seems like you have all the pieces, but all the pieces are just kind of in a isolated and just can't I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm not looking beyond what I do. I'm not really unsure how I'm connected to everybody else on the field. And so it just doesn't – that connectivity that you know, that Hutch was talking about. You know, when the offensive line, would, he and Walter would walk up and they don't have to say anything, but they know exactly what they're going to do. Don't feel that on the offense or defense. You know, and, and the offense has become like a hit or miss. We're either going to make a big play and it's going to lead to a touchdown or we're going to have a whole lot of nothing. And so uh, to me, I will still go back and say – uh, the preseason games aren't important for every team, but for some teams they are important. And and this team didn't take any uh, reps in the preseason with their starting units. Uh, the, the, most of their starting players didn't even play. Some of those guys on the defensive line did because they were just trying to work out rotation and get people reps. But uh, but it looks like that to me. It looks like the these first few games look like what a preseason – would look like where mm. you're trying to work things out and things aren't quite fitting w- well and you go back to the drawing board and figure out you know who's doing what and get to get it all situ- situated so when you hit the season all that stuff is worked out
3: yeah and to your point right it, when you're connected and, and and bump you you know this too because it happens on offense as well it's like when you're connected it's almost like you know where the other guy is going to be next to you like you just you just know you can feel it right and doing your job is not only about your job, like, when you're connected, you know the other guy's assignments. When you're out there and you line up at wide receiver, you know the other routes if you're connected. You know, like, on a rub route how many yards you need to be or on a crossing route, like, if you're crossing from one side and the other guy's crossing from the other side and he's going over the top and you're underneath, you're connected on how that mesh is supposed to happen without even really having to remind each other or talk about it before the snap, and so there's just a lack of that to me on on really both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I can see that. And when you guys talk about that connectivity, especially on defense, I just think about a zone defense in basketball. Right. When that ball's moving side to side and guys are going out to the wing, boom, you're shifted down on the box, and it feels like it just flows. I, I, I feel that and I understand that. What's disappointing on offense is that Russell spends a lot of time on the offseason, during the offseason with his receivers, right? Maybe maybe you get the big boys involved too as well. <laughs> maybe Jamal Adams leads the charge of Bobby Wagner gets together because that means a lot. I know people are going to look at this team and say mm-hmm. X's and O's, scheme versus scheme. But right. you guys bring the human element into this whole thing. It's like we've all played on teams where we are in the zone. Like, nothing can stop us, right? We're moving forward. We're making plays. And there haven't been that many moments this year where we've seen that, where in the past we've seen that plenty of times, especially last year.
2: Yeah, well, and the other thing, too, is, that, you know, not trying to make excuses for everyone, but it's to me it's not as much a, of an excuse as, or, or just a fact. There's a lot of newness. Yeah. Like, you got a new offensive play caller. You have a new system. You have some, you know, three or four, you know, new offensive linemen. You know, like, you know, Shell missed a lot of time last year. Uh, uh, Lewis was a rookie last year. The center is, you know, starting full-time for the first time. Gabe Jackson is, is new here. Uh, so there's a lot of newness going on. Uh, and then on defense, all the diff- all the defensive backs and then all these defensive ends that we're rolling in and their roles have changed and all that. There's a lot of newness going on, which could contribute to the lack of the connectedness, you know. And so that's why it was important to even have – more of those real fast speed Reps in the preseason together because you can duplicate that in practice to a degree. But guys, look offensive line—they're not finishing blocks. You're not taking guys to the ground. Yeah. You're—you're you're, the—the plays are scripted. So, like the—the deep—it doesn't take the defense long to know, like, oh, this is a screen period. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we're gonna let them run the screen, and we're gonna just run over there and tag off and do what we do. It's not—it doesn't take you know a, a brain scientist, a, a doctor to understand that. Hey, this is a blitz period for the defense, so you know they're gonna be blitzing and stuff. So you don't—you don't really get that. To, to create that connectedness in that environment some of it you can but not all of it but I think you know last year they did what they did and came out firing and maybe that was the anomaly out of all of it and not the you know that's that's the exception and not the rule
3: you know here's the cool thing about playing on a Thursday night you know and and then the Seahawks if you look at their schedule correct me if I'm wrong but uh, looks like they have a bye week week nine so they got four more games I believe until their bye week right so You know, you can create goals, and the cool thing about playing on a Thursday night is you have this little bit of extra time off, extra time to kind of re-identify yourself, create some goals for yourself, not only individually, but as a team, and you say, okay, listen, we got four games to go before our bye week. Let's go 4-0. Let's use this extra time over the weekend to really dial in on some of the mistakes that we're making. Let's see if we can find some of that connectivity amongst one another, really gather, you know, the troops together
0: and move forward positively and get some wins going forward. You know what I'm curious about? I'm curious to to know if there is somebody on this team who is just going to talk that talk in a locker room and call <laughs> dudes out and keep it raw because you think of the Seahawks as kumbaya. Yeah. We love everybody. Everyone does their job. Sometimes you just need a talking to. You know, and I don't think, I. correct, you've played with Russell. I don't think Russell's that guy. I don't think that's in his personality to do that. I feel like that's not not in Bobby's personality. I feel like it might be in Jamal's personality. But is there someone on this team who's just going to keep it real and be like, look, let's fix this? Well, here's
3: the thing. Yeah, You're right. It's not in Russell's personality. It's not in Bobby's personality. You've got Dwayne Brown. That's in his personality. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, From my perspective, and I could be wrong, but his longevity with this team isn't long enough. Similar to you mentioned Jamal Adams. I mean, he's only been here here long enough, you know, for a couple of dinners. You know what I'm saying? It has to be Bobby, in my opinion. Bobby is more of a and I've known Bobby since college, you know, and he's more of a lead by example kind of guy. They really need his voice right now because he is the type of guy that when he does speak, when he does choose to say something, you listen. And I don't know if he has already or not, right. but if he hasn't, this would definitely be the time for him to speak and and and, and perhaps make a difference in his team moving forward.
2: Yeah, I, I don't – you know, I, I think oh. – um, I was going to say, I think there's a, a lot of things that, you know, that can be done or or happen. And, and one thing you don't want to do is, like, you know, just, like, overthinking whether or not Shane knows the, the other team as well as as we think. You don't want to overthink the moment and, and then bring uh, panic to the locker room. Uh, but, you know, even if you're, you know, doing your uh, keep it honest, tell the truth Mondays or whatever it is, you know, like – Even that, you have to go, okay, like, is this having the impact that we want it to have? Are people walking away with the takeaways that they need to have when they're they're walking away from this? Uh, Because, like I said, there's a bunch of new dudes. Guys haven't been done that before. And maybe they're just another way they need to internalize the urgency that they need to play with
0: and understand. They need to go on a camping trip this weekend, get to know each other <laughs> a little bit. <fishing>, huh? <laughs> Back this season, Seahawks are offering fans a limited edition keepsake for each home game. Each poacher features a unique design by a local artist inspired by the game matchup. Proceed support. Urban Artworks, whose mission is to engage youth and communities in the creation of public art. For more information, visit seahawks.com/game-day-posters. Okay, when we return, we will hear from Michael Dixon and Will Disley as they are standing by with Jen Mueller. All that is next. The Seahawks lose to the Los Angeles Rams, 26 to 17. Welcome back to the Seahawks post-game. We are here at Lumen Field. Michael Bumpus, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Right now, we're going to go down to the locker room where Jim Miller is standing by with Michael Dixon.
12: It's rare that we talk to a punter, but when you had as much of an effect on the game as you did, we have to have the conversation. That play that you had, where the, the pump was blocked, you picked it up, you kicked it again. What did you see, and how did you know you were clear to kick that again?
6: Uh, I was going to try and run for the first down, but then just saw bodies everywhere and saw the first down mark, and it was like... 15 yards away and I was like there's no real chance of me getting a first down here so I kind of cut back and try and kick it I was ready to get like crunched but luckily I didn't so that got the kickoff
12: did you hear what the officials said when they threw the flag or any of the conversation about the penalty
6: no I thought we're just gonna have to re-kick it yeah. um, and like when I kicked it downfield I was like all right we'll just get a re-kick here better than a block, um, just re-kick it. Pick it up.
12: That's a really heads-up play. How many times do you think through those various scenarios just in preparation for what might happen?
6: I always think, like, I've thought since I've been playing, like, American football that if it does get blocked, I'll always, if it's behind the line of scrimmage, I'll always try and run for a first down. And if it's not on, I'll just punt it. Right? And if it's a re-kick, it's better than a block punt. So, um, yeah, I, I Kind of just went back to Aussie rules instincts, to be honest.
12: You had a couple of nice punts, though, and and made the Rams go long field. What can you say about the impact of special teams and your coverage guys down there?
6: Yeah, yeah, our coverage guys are unreal. Um, They saved me a few times throughout the year already. If I hit a ball down the middle with low hang, and those guys are flying after it. So it's good knowing that those guys are going to always make a play.
12: There was a chance for points at the end of the first half we don't see Jason miss very often do you know what happened was that a mechanical thing on that play
6: yeah um, you know we talked about it he's, he's good he's the best kicker in the league so um, you're not gonna make everything um, it's just one of the few that he's missed and he'll bounce back next week and His confidence is high and my confidence in him is high and the team's confidence in him is high. I'm sure the fans have crazy confidence in him, so I'm sure he's going to crush it.
12: Lastly, what do you do between now and next week, right? There's a little bit of time off, but how much do you go back and look at this? When do you start looking ahead to the Steelers?
6: Uh, I mean, I don't really change too much when we go up against different teams, to be honest. Um, I won't look at their stuff until we look at it as a team. I'll just try and recover. Start feeling good again. It's kind of a quick week, and your legs feel drained. But um, yeah, just try and get back to it and have fun.
12: All right. Well, we'll let you go tonight, right, Michael thanks. Bumpus. We'll get that back to you.
0: Thanks, Mueller. Michael Dixon. How would we describe this play? Bizarre. Um, athletic. <laughs> he showed awareness. I mean, there was a block punt. I believe the Rams defender it hit him in the helmet, and the way it hit the ground, it was still spinning. Yeah. It was spinning, and he scooped it up with one hand with so much composure. Gave it a run for a little bit. Saw that nothing was there, and kicked the football. It sounded like he wasn't even sure that he could do that. He was like, "Look, man, let, let's see <laughs> if we can make this work." Yeah. It might have been one of the most bizarre plays I've seen on special teams in a long time.
2: Yeah, it was pretty interesting because you got to think about all the stuff that was going through his mind. Like, oh man, I got to catch the ball, punt the ball. Oh, it got blocked. Oh, it's spinning on the ground. Let me go pick it up. Oh, it's 15 yards away. I might get crunched. Well, maybe if I just kick it again, it'd be okay. And so, <laughs> so when he kicked it twice, I thought. Well, that's a smart move because if it's a penalty, they're probably going to have them punted again, yeah, you know what I'm saying and so but then he won even won that that moment you know and so and then to put it inside the 10 yard line was just incredible, but yeah, I've never seen that in in any of my time on any level playing football where the ball was kicked twice or punted twice.
3: Yeah, for a second, I thought he was going to run, like, for a split, you know. He did I thought, too. Yeah. He
2: thought that, too. And he, saw, he saw them big boys. He right. was like, you know, right. Like,
0: right. I might want to kick this. <laughs> 45, 55, 62, nah. <laughs> Those numbers too big.
3: And that's why, when he, that's why when he said, you know, I thought I was going to get creamed, that's, that's a real statement, you know, coming from a putter, man. Uh, but it's a heads-up play. I know, you know, I played some special teams, and I know, like, uh, one of the things we get coached up on is, Hey, you know, if you're a punter, if you drop a pun or if if you muff it, pick it up and kick it or, uh, you know, sometimes you see punters roll out to one side or the other and then they finally, you know, look like they're going to run and they finally kick it. So uh, that's probably what was running through his mind to get
0: that ball away. As a punt returner, I see that go down, block, kick, I'm automatically like, okay, I'm moving forward. Then I see him running, so now I'm getting ready to make a tackle. <laughs> then you see him punt the football, and I'm, now I'm out of position. So <laughs> right. it ended up being a very good play. Okay, let's go back down to the locker room. Jim Mueller standing by with Will Disley.
12: We don't usually see any other quarterback in there outside of Russell. What can you say about the preparation of Gino that he marched right down the field and converted that touchdown to D.K.?
9: Yeah, Gino does a great job, you know, week in and week out, coming to work. Um, yeah, unbelievable fall camp, people don't get to see that, you know, unless you come to the open practice. But, uh, you know, we have a lot of confidence in Gino. So, you know, obviously, you don't want to see three go down. But when he did, you know, there was no flinch. It was next man up mentality. And, um, you know, we got to go figure out a way to score points. And uh, he did a good job.
12: You know, there were some opportunities there, and, and it felt like another start-stop game for the offense. What does it take? to make sure that it's clicking on all cylinders?
9: Yeah, I mean, we'll go back and we'll buzz the tape, but uh, there was a lot of 50-50 plays. You know, you have Lockett, just a hair overthrow, and that's a big explosive play of the, you know, the plays before half um, that we wish we could have had back. And then, uh, you know, we got to find a way, you know, obviously, lock trips on the last play that caused the turnover. So, you know, those are 50-50 plays, and it doesn't really matter how good your players are. If those don't go your way, it's going to be hard to find a way to win a game. So, you know, we'll go back. We'll figure out a way, uh, you know, where we can be a better offense, um, come together as a group, and, uh, and be more explosive, you know, be better for our defense.
12: One of the storylines that people track in this game is DK Metcalf against Jalen Ramsey. He did beat Ramsey on a few, and that was one of the touchdowns. What can you say about how he's handled himself and those two touchdowns tonight?
9: I mean, D.K.'s an unbelievable player. Uh, he goes in week in, week out, and uh, just shows that, you know, he's better than a lot of players around this league, and, uh, you know, I have no hesitation about saying that. Um, that man, he's the man amongst boys out there, uh, making plays, running fast, and uh, he causes a real threat. So, uh, obviously, Jalen's a great player. You know, give him a ton of credit for what he's done in this league, and um, it's a fun matchup week in week out, and, uh, you know, happy for D.K. to have a good night, two touchdowns, so it's a good start.
12: Pete Carroll seems to be missing his usual enthusiasm after this one, and understandably so. What was his message in the locker room?
9: Yeah, I mean, we gotta look ourselves in the mirror. We, you know, this is not something that you know we take lightly as players and as coaches. You know, this is a tough division, so you know, wins and losses are extremely important. You know, at the end of this thing, that you know, we're trying to win that last game. So, uh, you know, we understand the severity and um, the uphill battle that we're faced with. So, it's time to use these extra days here this weekend and, and the next week moving forward to kind of regroup, refocus, and go make a final push. Here.
12: A team that's been so good on Thursday night, but they do drop to ten and two on Thursday night. Bump.
0: Thank you, Jen Mueller. That was Will Disley. He caught a 21-yard pass from Geno Smith in that touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. Hopefully we see more from Will Disley. When we return, we'll go back to the locker room and hear from Tyler Lockett and Carlos Dunlap. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. We are still here at Lumen Field licking our wounds. The Seahawks lose to the Rams 26-17. to Right now, let's go down to the locker room where Jen Mueller's is standing by with Tyler Lockett.
12: What did Russ say when he left the game and, and kind of turned things over to Geno?
10: Yeah, um, I mean, he was still out there with us, still being able to talk to us, talking about everything that he saw out there. And, you know, he was just as much a part of our success as him being out there. Uh, I think he did a great job being able to keep us controlled and um, being able to create plays out there that we needed to be able to get things going.
12: There were so many plays Will Disley described as 50-50 plays. What needs to happen to get over the hump entirely for this offense?
10: Uh, You know, I think, I actually think we did really good as an offense. I just think some, some plays didn't fall into, you know, it didn't fall into our court. Like, sometimes it really does. And, you know, there's a lot of plays out there that could have changed the momentum of the game. And it just, we missed it by a little bit. And so, you know, I think for us it's just, Being able to take it as it is, see it how it is, and just being able to go play next week. Don't really think there's much we need to change. Of course, we need to go back to the fundamentals, continue to work on little stuff like that. But as far as the way that we played today, I think we actually played really great. It's just we we lost some of the explosives. And, you know, and like I said, that, that hurt us.
12: Yeah, they will have some extra days to get ready for the next one. Michael, we'll get that back to you.
0: Thank you, Jen. That's Tyler Lockett. You can always count on him to find some positive in, in any situation. And Red, you you pointed out a remarkable stat. Tell the people what you found.
2: Yeah, I was just uh you know, surfing the 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 Twitter, as Dave Wyman <laughs> would say, the Twitter. And uh, Pro Football Focus posted that Tyler Lockett has never dropped an end zone target in his entire career. Wow, that's pretty. I mean, Tyler Lockett is really low. I mean, we always talk about he's underappreciated, not well known and all that kind of stuff. But people just I don't think they understand this dude on an advanced metrics level because he he does some things that are that are pretty spectacular.
0: He's a special dude. He always finds a way to make the big play there, uh, Turbo. He probably had the biggest offensive play for the Hawks, and it was a pass interference. So even when he doesn't get the rock, he finds a way to make the play.
3: Yeah, man, he's one of those sure-handed guys, you know, and uh, and he's really an all-around player. I mean, you know, right now his game is, you know, catching balls down the field and and, and things like that. But, he, you know, he, early in his career he was a returner. We've seen him do some fly sweep stuff uh, with, with some of the other offensive coordinators that they've had. So, his versatility uh, is, is amazing.
0: Yes, it is. Okay, Jen Mueller is standing by with Carlos Dunlap down in the locker room.
12: It has been really tough to get to Matthew Stafford this year. You get to him in the fourth quarter, you knock the ball down, and we've got Daryl Taylor with a sack today. Why is it such a challenge to get to him and to disrupt what he's doing?
13: Uh, they do a pretty good job with their scheme. You know, when necessary, you know, keeping extra guys in protection or chip protection or quick throws. um, You know, I think it's a stat out there that's saying that he's one of the fastest getting the ball off from um, snap to, you know, his catch. It is what it is.
12: The fact that Daryl Taylor was able to get home, though, what have you seen? Because I know that you've worked with him a little bit.
13: He's relentless. There, DT is relentless. Um, that was a straight dog effort play, and he got there. And, you know, I, I expect many more to come from him.
12: There have been some challenges in getting off the field on third downs. Was there something today that the Rams did or changed in the second half, or is there something missing with the defense?
13: Uh, they caught us um, a few times. Um, you know, they anticipated. Well, I mean, I'm not a coach, but in my opinion, they anticipated our calls and they caught us a couple times in bad plays, bad situations, and, you know, that's part of the game.
12: Early on, it looked like maybe this, the screen passes were something that you guys were sniffing out better
13: this yeah, week. I, I, in my opinion, I think they wanted us to, to play for those <laughs> so they can do other things, you know, vague.
12: Lastly, thinking about the offense, I saw you hyping up the fans. I saw you when Gino was in the game. What yeah. Gino was able to do, I mean, you see how much he works at practice. What does yeah. it mean to see that in action?
13: Uh, you know, it just goes to credit for him, you know. No one in the world thought he would be playing today and uh, have the opportunity to have a crucial, critical drive like that, and he delivered. But you know, knowing Gino, he's frustrated that he didn't finish, um, you know, the way that he would love to. But you know, it's got to be exciting, you know, your first touch with the ball, you know, doing what you need to do to get down the field. Uh, but you know, play the game to win. The
12: Unfortunately, they do come up short. And Michael Bumps. They drop to 22 and four at home in primetime games under Pete Carroll.
0: Oh, tough loss there, Jim Miller. Thank you for that. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seahawks radio network.
10: Seattle Seahawks station. Cairo. Cairo radio. A conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the, the, 12s the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO-FM Tacoma, Seattle.
0: Where do the Seahawks go from here, fellas? We're going to talk about that when we return. We're still digesting this. The Seahawks lose to the Rams at home 26-17. to 17. Seahawks taking L to the Rams, 26 to 17. Lots of questions. Do we have the answers? Do the Seahawks have the answers? Do the players have the answers? The good thing about a Thursday night game, like you pointed out, Turbo, there's a lot of time to think about it, digest it, and try to get things together. Where do they go from here? Um, We've had moments where the offense looked good. We have moments where the defense looked good. It all has to come together now like a perfect puzzle. You know, when you put that final piece in the puzzle, boom, you lay it back, you look at it, we got some pieces missing. We, we haven't completed the puzzle yet, Turbo. Yeah,
3: well, uh, first of all, we got to make sure our quarterback is going to be healthy moving forward. I mean, that's obviously a huge piece to that puzzle, uh, to your point there. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, I'll reiterate it again. You know, playing on a Thursday night, it, it, it gives you some, some time. You heard – Uh, uh, Q Diggs talk about how, you know, they're going to have the weekend off and I don't even think they're going to go in to the facility tomorrow and have their normal meetings, stuff like that. They're going to wait till Monday. And so, uh, you know, sometimes stepping away and and having an opportunity to regroup, uh, not only from an individual standpoint, but certainly from a team standpoint, from a coaching staff uh, standpoint to really start to make some adjustments can really be beneficial for your team.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm always a dude. Like, I I read a lot of, like, books around, like, uh, achievement and leadership and uh, behavior change and all these different kinds of things. And the one thing that that I'm learning is that, you know, the Seahawks do a good job of speaking to trying to figure out what went wrong. So they have the Tell the Truth Monday and people, you know, you get get it all out. This is what happened. You know, this is the fact of it. They have – they talk about what it is that they need to do. But if those thoughts and those ideas are not changing behavior, then they, they, it just becomes wishful thinking. And so, in order for it to actually manifest itself on the field, and it's all we've all played. And I don't know if you've coached turbo, but you know, bump. You know, we've coached high school football. You're coaching it now. You always have those players that can do it in practice, but they can't take it to the game. You know, uh, and and so this is a, one of those things where just the acknowledgement of what needs to be done. And the awareness of what needs to be done has to have a positive impact on the behavior to change the things that need to be changed. Otherwise, they're just great thoughts and great conversations.
3: Yeah, to your point, uh, Ray, you know, I I, I have experience with doing like some therapy, you know, and and so communication, we talk about communication, right? And communication is only effective when uh, you are comprehending one another. You know, not not just listening or or, or hearing what what, what somebody has to say, but actually having a genuine understanding and comprehension of of what each other is, is, is saying.
0: Yeah, you guys are really deep right now. <laughs> I, right, you know what? And philosophical, I think philosophical, Confucius. Yeah, y'all, I mean, y'all get around Pete Carroll right all this time, and yeah, Russell, yeah. and we being be, neutral hey, and all that other to, kind of stuff. It rolls off on you at some point.
3: We need to be here snapping our fingers. You
0: guys, guys a <laughs> right. real. Seattle Turn the lights down. Light some right candles now. around. As I well. like it though, but maybe that's an approach that needs to be taken. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, but it's 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 part of coaching,
2: and as a player, especially a young player or a player that is in a new role for the first time, like a guy that was maybe just coming off the bench and getting his five or six reps versus a guy that same dude now is getting 30 or 40 reps. Uh, Sometimes it's just kind of hard to make that transition between knowing what it is that needs to be done and actually doing the things that will make that improvement. And so sometimes there can be a disconnect because for a couple weeks, they've been saying the same stuff. Hey, we need to figure out what's going on. Oh, we're more serious this week or, you know, all this stuff. But then some of the same issues are popping up. So the behavior isn't changing. You know, and so you have to you have to not only make yourself aware and acknowledge those things, you have to then start doing those things that create the change. And and that, let's not ignore too the
3: fact that football at the end of the day comes down to winning your what? One on one matchups, those one on one battles. And you can sit here and you can watch all the tape and you can f- do all the philosophical, and we can sit here and snap our fingers all we want to, but at the end of the day, it it does come down to a lot of plays come down to winning. I mean, you have to win your one on one matchup. Uh, and it's not a it's not a call. It's not about a call or or a scheme or anything like that. It's about winning against the other man.
0: All right, let's remind the folks what the quarterbacks did today. Russell Wilson, 11 of 16, 152 yards, one touchdown, one interception, sacked twice. Geno Smith, 10 for 17, 130 yards, 31 yards, one touchdown, one interception, no sex together as one. They were 23 of 33, 262 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Our quarterback review is brought to you by Verizon. With 5G built the right way for the Seahawks, Seattle can scream, stream, and share every play in Verizon 5G quality. All right, when we return, we will take a look at next week's opponent, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is next. Your Seahawks taking L, 26-17. All that is next right here on the Seahawks Radio Network.
1: First and ten, here comes the blitz.
5: The throw, Metcalf reaches out.
0: Our call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking. Call Beacon. Okay. Hawks have the Steelers next week. They have 10 days to try to get this thing right. When I think of the Steelers right now, I think of a strong defense. I feel like we can say that every year about the Steelers. Strong defense, but I see a quarterback that is near the end of his career and has had his struggles this year. But you know one thing about the Steelers, they're going to be well coached. Have Mike Tomlin over there. You cannot sleep on them. They still have Claypool, a good receiver over there. Um, This is a, a, a game where we expect to win, but a game that you know you can't go to sleep. And you're going to travel. You're going to that East Coast time zone. The Hawks have shown to be pretty good in the East Coast. Back in my day, it was an automatic L. We did not play good (laughs) on the East Coast. But uh, this is 2021. And if Russell Wilson is not available to play, I'm going to assume that he is. I'm going to put good vibes out there. Russell's going to be good to go. Gino has shown that, look, I can play well enough to keep us in a game, but you're going to need all phases of the game clicking at one time.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And and Gino has shown that he could – uh, play and and be productive in a football game but you know I mentioned this earlier about um alex Collins getting his start it's different when you got to play start to finish you know as opposed to coming in in spurts or filling in for an injured guy uh and and you know it's just a different you know I mean obviously you prepare the same uh, but it is different and and so it'll be interesting to see if Gino has to play against the Steelers to see how he performs uh, from start to finish, but it's certainly going to be a, uh, you know, a, a, a tough test. It's, it's going to be a gut check for us. Um, obviously, it, you know, our, our season doesn't depend on this, this one game, but, uh, you know, it's certainly imperative for us to get out there, uh, go to Pittsburgh, and come out with a win.
2: Well, you know, we've we've kind of talked in and around it, and I haven't quite put my stamp on it yet, but to me, this is a get-right game. Okay. because uh, the Seahawks are capable on offense. They just need to figure out how to sustain it for four quarters and the, and the, the the Pittsburgh defense is always good and they're always tough but they're not the defense that as good as as great as they were last year they have thing they have a TJ Watt one of the Watt brothers that is a pass rusher that we're going to have to you know pay some attention to but offensively they have an off, offensive line with a bunch of new parts that is not performing well you have a quarterback that's not performing well and so this is this could be a real Get your defense right. Game, <laughs> you know, you can. They can get a lot of pressure on a quarterback that's not mobile. They can put a lot of pressure on an offensive line that is not very good in pass protection. And they can, and you know, they have a rookie, uh, you know, running back who's trying to do all that he can to carry the team. And they do have some weapons on the outside. But, but if you can't get the ball to them, they're not weapons. And so this is a chance for this defense to really, really get itself right and maybe get it primed for the rest of the season. And then offensively, it's just another opportunity to put together four quarters, a four-quarter game. And I think, you know, Gino is a guy, uh, you know, just showing his poise today. And, yes, I think there's a difference between, you know, being the backup and starter, but he's been a starter. And so it's a little bit different than a guy who's just been a career backup and is coming in and, and trying to start and, and run the, and run the team. And so just the poise that he showed, the way it calmed the offense down uh, when he came into the game, it just seemed like it there was just like a calmness that came over the offense. The protection was was a lot better. Routes seemed to <laughs> do seem to be getting open. All those different kinds of things. So I'm not really I'm not too concerned about uh, Geno uh, being a starter, uh, but I am concerned about just getting their minds right to go make this a get-right game so they can kind of get themselves moving into the to the,
0: to the the meat of the schedule. Well, here's the good thing. The Pittsburgh Steelers have lost three in a row. They play the Broncos this weekend. The Broncos are a pretty good team this year. So maybe make it four, and then the Hawks come through, and let's make it five. All right. Today's final score, Rams 26, Seahawks 17. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. On-site engineer Zach Davies. Studio coordinators Matt Nelson and D.J. Wilder, executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network, NASA Chobe. The Seahawks hit the road in 10 days and take on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football. Pre-game coverage begins at 3 p.m. right here on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of Hawk Talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin, I am Michael Bumpus. The Seahawks fall to the Rams 26-17. to 17. Talk to you guys next week. You are listening to Hawk Talk. I am Michael Bumpus here with Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin. We're going to break down exactly what happened tonight at Lumen Field. We're going to bring in the professor, John Clayton. John, how you doing?
7: Uh, good. Better than the Seahawks, that's for sure.
0: Hey, We, <laughs> we all are doing more better than the Seahawks, John. Yeah. What did you see out there? Um, it's your overall just feel of this
11: game.
7: Bad defense. I mean, <clears> at <throat> this time, it wasn't the penalties, uh, certainly – the uh, injury to Russell Wilson didn't help. I mean, sure, they started off great, but they finished horribly. Now you're talking about a defense that's given up over 450 yards a game. And, I mean, you could see Matthew Stafford with his, his finger problem, because uh, I think it was the index finger that he hurt. I mean, he, he was less accurate throwing the football, but it didn't matter. I mean, uh, you know, they went to the game with the idea they wanted to get the ball you know, more to, uh, you know, certainly, you know, pass the ball a little bit more and do the different things. And, you know, they ended up, you know, having just a monster day. And uh, the crossing patterns that the Seahawks can't stop has been brutal.
2: Hey, John, just looking at, you know, what the Seahawks are, and they haven't been in this position in a long, long time. uh, And, you know, just kind of looking forward a few games in their schedule, uh, is there – Room and space for this team to make the improvements they need to make, and still have a chance—you know—at the end of a long season to 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 be a playoff contender.
7: Yeah, I mean, again, probably the idea of winning the divisions out, the idea of having a high seed—that's out—but they can still get the sixth or seventh seed. But uh, it's it's a matter. I think it's kind of ironic and probably fitting that they're playing Pittsburgh this week, because if you look at the fall back from Pittsburgh and the fall back from Seattle, it's the same. Now, again, a little bit different as far as the styles. I mean, it's the offensive line for the Steelers, the declining play of Ben Roethlisberger. That's not good. But uh, that's why, you know, these are. that's going to be a critical game you know, on a Sunday night in Pittsburgh where, uh, you know, they've got to find a way to see where it goes. But uh, ultimately, you know, the Seahawks have to do it. But can they climb back? Yeah, because one thing that's in their advantage is that this three-game stretch, if they can beat Pittsburgh, you know, then what, they have uh, – but uh New Orleans which is a beatable team. I think they have Jacksonville so they can come out at 5 and 3 and uh that uh, again a chance to reassess itself uh, but in the end I mean uh this this loss tonight was horrible. Do you
3: have any early uh indications on uh you know how Russell's feeling and do you feel uh Geno Smith can can step in and help the Seahawks win the next uh you know few games if he has to play going into the bye week?
7: He can, as long as it's not teams like the Ram- the Rams, San Francisco, You know some of the good teams that uh, they have faced. I mean, that's, that's something that you can't ask him to do. I mean, he's the backup quarterback, but he did such a great job. I mean, that first series coming off the bench, I mean, he was flawless. 98-yard drive, making big plays, looking good. He's mobile. I mean, he's a good backup quarterback, even though he's never really had a chance to be a backup quarterback here because Russell's always hurt. But no early indication on Russell because again, it's like you know we'll have to see. And I don't know. You have to worry with a finger that popped out the way it did. Is there a chance that they may have to go back and have a surgery? Because if they have a surgery, he's going to be out several a couple weeks.
0: John, the Rams continue to attack the middle of the field. How do you feel this plays into the Pittsburgh Steelers? I have an aging quarterback over there, and Ben Roethlisberger. We got to expect them to do the same.
7: Yeah, but going to be a little bit different because the way ben has played because of the bad offensive line and his injuries all he's doing is throwing short i think what he's averaging like about 5.6 yards an attempt i mean that's at the level right now with the rookie quarterbacks and so it's like will he throw in the middle of the field most likely but the problem is it's not going to be as downfield as matthew stafford did it's not going to be as downfield as kurt cousins did but the, the, their inability to stop the crossing pattern leaves that wide open. You know, I thought last week Jamal Adams had a decent game coverage. Today he did not. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, you can see that you know, D.J. Reed did a decent job. I mean, they picked on Sidney Jones. But I guess the big thing that the Rams wanted to accomplish is get Robert Woods the ball a little bit more. Because coming into the game, I mean, he, he only had like 15 catches in four games and you know they certainly were throwing the ball well to uh you know get it to cooper cup but i mean what he had 11 catches tonight something like that i mean he almost doubled the total that he had in four games tonight and woods was open in so many areas in the middle of the field
3: hey john let's go to the offensive side of the ball alex collins uh we've known him to come in and and be a spark uh for the offense over the course of this season finally got an opportunity to get his first start today. What was your evaluation on his performance tonight?
7: It's the same as uh, I've been saying probably since, oh, end of, uh, at the beginning of August, because I said that he's the second best back on this team. I mean, you could see it in practice. You can see both catching the ball, running the football, his toughness, all those different things were working out great. But at the end, what you also saw that uh, you know they needed more than that, but I give him credit because, again, I think that uh, he's a good back. And for his first start, that's good. And you go back with him, too. I mean, you know that he was a talented back in, uh, in uh, coming out of college and ta- talented enough. He had some off-the-field issues, no question about it. But the- also the big thing for him is that he went to Arkansas and my wife went to Arkansas grad school.
0: <laughs> All right, John, the Hawks have a lot of work to do, man. You get some rest and we will talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Okay, when we return, we'll go through some highlights between the Rams and the Seahawks. That's next on your Home for the Seahawks, ESP ESPN Seattle and Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. We're going to go through some of these highlights. You hear the music, you know what time it is. Okay, first highlight, DK Metcalf once again shows he's a physical receiver catching a dart from Russell Wilson while getting hit on the goal line, making it 7-0.
4: Russell
1: gets the snap. Here comes the rush. Quick throw inside. Ball is caught.
5: A perfect pass and Russell through a laser a dart to DK Metcalf on the slant right side at the goal line and Jalen Ramsey could do nothing about
2: it a 19 yard touchdown strike the Hawks on the board first six nothing you know, I love the way DK is to rising to the challenge, rising to the challenge of you know, playing to get some of the better defensive backs. And it's also good to see DK catching touchdowns that aren't just 70-yard bombs. Yeah. So, so you really have to respect this dude as a complete. Uh,
0: receiver and he's proven that over the last couple weeks. Love the toughness we've seen out of DK. The Rams would respond with a 14 play 63-yard drive ending with Matt Nag, excuse me, Matt Gay splitting the uprights <laughs> making the score 7 to 3. But in the third quarter, Matthew Stafford would go deep and connect with Deshaun Jackson for a 68-yard grab. Stafford,
1: shotgun snap. Here comes the rush, steps up, gonna let it fly, got a man, it's Jackson,
5: it's underthrown and he comes back and makes the catch and now turns upfield to the 30, the 25
1: being chased as Jones was chasing him on a desperation play. Stafford throws it up for grabs, it's underthrown and the only guy that adjusts to it is Deshaun Jackson for at least 75, maybe closer to 78 yards on that pass, reception, and run.
3: Wow. Yeah, I mean, give d credit. It was a great play <laughs> a few years ago. You saw him kind of get snatched right there a few years ago. He might have scored on that. Still got some speed, still got big play, making ability. Uh, great play by the Rams right there.
0: Old man still getting it done. Later on in that drive, Darrell Henderson would score a five-yard touchdown, capping off an eight-play, 96-yard drive, making the score 9-7. to
1: At the Seattle 5, the handoff, Henderson, cuts back left side. He's in. Touchdown, L.A. Rams. And I think as much as anything, Dave, that was, that touchdown was the result of being, I don't want to say demoralized, but the Seahawks had the Rams dead to rights.
3: Yeah, I mean, great run, great blocking up front, great read by the running back. They got in the end
0: zone. Uh, good play on that offense good play on the offense all right the hawks will go three and out on their next possession and the rams would take advantage of it and go on a five play 82 yard drive ending with this higby touchdown making it 16 to 7. two receivers
1: near side stafford looks he's going to throw to the right he's got his man out there it's higby and he's got it for a touchdown in the end zone in front of jamal adams Adams on single coverage, and Higby's been very quiet tonight. Not anymore. A 13-yard touchdown reception.
2: Yeah, on that play, uh, you know, Jamal is covering the tight end. Uh, I don't know what the route was, but clearly Jamal got beaten on the route and uh, the touchdown to to the tight end. Hard to see that. The Seahawks were trying to fight themselves back into the ball game, and that kind of stretched the lead a little more.
0: Yeah, it looked like a little corner route back at the end zone. The Tyler Lockett special is what I call it. He used <laughs> the back of the end zone. Uh, tough to defend when you have a big body like that, but you got to make plays. All right, Geno Smith would be under center to start the fourth and go on an impressive 10-play, 98-yard drive, capped off with this 23-yard touchdown pass to DK, bringing the Hawks within two, 16-14.
1: First and 10. Here comes the blitz. The
5: throw. Metcalf reaches up. He's got it. Touchdown Seahawks. Are you kidding me? From 23 out. Gina
3: Yeah, this was really an impressive drive. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Geno Smith comes into the game. They don't miss a beat on offense. It's like he's been with them the entire game. He comes in, makes some great throws. And the other guy that really stepped up on this drive in particular was DK. I mean, we're talking about the touchdown here, but he had some great – Uh, catches within that drive that really propelled them uh, to be able to score later
0: on in the drive big ups to uncle will uncle will had a 21 yard reception on this drive to 98 yards i mean he did almost everything he could do impressive from geno smith all right the rams would throw a counter punch and respond with a six play 73 yard touchdown drive and the newcomer to the team running back sony michelle finds the end zone
1: first and goal from the two stafford from the shotgun hands it to sony michelle and michelle walks in untouched wow seahawks defenses they're they're just really unhappy with themselves right now i can see the just the looks on the guys giving up big play after big play just unable to stop the rams all the way down the field who make it 22 to 14 now after that two-yard run
2: yeah sony michelle on that play uh you know daryl taylor's been playing really good football and sometimes Though on the backside of plays, he he wants to peek to the inside sometimes instead of keeping that outside leverage. That time he got kind of washed down because he took that peek, and Sonny Michelle cut it to the to that backside um
0: gap and got into the end zone untouched physical football by the rams the hawks would kick a field goal on their next drive making the score 23 to 17 they would then force the rams to punt but on their next possession with throw and interception essentially end of the game the rams kick a field goal in garbage time so the hawks fall to the rams 26 26- 217 devastating loss the hawks really needed that one when we return we will give you our game mvps that is next on your home for the seahawks 17 esp in seattle and cairo radio 97.3 fm welcome back to Hawk talk we are live from lumen field i am michael bumpers with robert turbin and ray roberts hawks lose to the rams 26 to 17 but we still got to pick a game mvp fellas does not change what we do here i have an idea who i'm gonna pick but i'm gonna go last Cause I got the mic check right now. One two <laughs> one two. Turbo game MVP. Who you got? Quandre Diggs. I like it. He's
3: making plays, man. And you know he's like he's the only guy on defense making plays. Like yeah, we get a sack, and you know that. But he's getting us the ball back with an opportunity to you know flip field position and momentum and things like that, right? And he's making plays.
2: I can feel that. I can I, I can feel quandre a, a little bit especially followed up by that awesome press conference. <laughs> Man, it was so uh, real. It was so uh, real. I'm not a doctor. Uh, my job is to cover the seams in the post, and make interceptions. (laughs) I don't know. I just work here. See ball, get balled. I love that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, but then also, you know, D.K. Metcalf is becoming like the new Russell Wilson. You can feel like you can almost select him every week yet. You know, had two more touchdowns today. Uh, But I'm going to go with my impact idea again. Even though, you know, uh, Gino came in late in the game, uh, but took the team on a 98-yard touchdown drive and got them back into it think he probably would have had a chance to, to, you know, make it really interesting there near, near the end. But unfortunately Tyler the trip got tripped to slip to failed or what have you. And there was an interception there, but his impact on the offense, the way it seems it calmed the team down. Uh, he looked very poised. He looked like the veteran backup. He is the, the former starter that he was. So I'm going to pick Geno Smith.
0: All right. Well, I serve as the tiebreaker. I don't get to really pick unless it's unanimous and I can throw something in there. Um, I like what you what you did there because Quandre is the only, per, only person on this team with an interception, the only person on this team. And it's unfortunate that they never score off his interceptions, right? Mm-hmm. Russell goes down and throws his first interception of the year off of that. I like yours and Geno Smith because this dude was literally sitting there with a baseball cap on, headphones on, and holding a clipboard, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, man, i got to get ready to go. And what does he do? He leads his team on a 98-yard 10 play drive four touchdown throws it to DK up top. I would have chosen DK because I'm a receiver and that's my dude, but I got to be the tiebreaker. I'm going to go with Geno Smith. I think it's impressive to be cold and thinking Russell never gets hurt, I'm never going to play, and just to hop off the bench and get things done. Our MVP of the game is Geno Smith. He was 10 for 17, 131 yards, one touchdown, one interception, but his receiver fell. I think that was the right decision. It was just unfortunate. All right, when we return, we will preview the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's coming up next on you're home for your Seahawks. 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. It's time to put a bow on this thing. It's been a long day, especially when the Hawks lose in primetime, on primetime, to the Los Angeles Rams of all people. Where do we go from here and how do we get there? You got a plane ticket I can take to, to success <laughs> or something, Ray? Like, give me something. How do we fix this thing? You know what? It's You know, we always say it's never as bad
2: as it seems. It's never as good as it seems. So when you go back and watch the film, they're going to find those five or six plays uh, that either went against them or went for them, and you're going to say, if we clean that up, and if you can look at those plays and find those things that need to be cleaned up, uh, then you have a chance. You know, and still a long season left uh, to kind of get yourself back in the mix. If you look at the, the the Steelers coming up, I think Jacksonville is on the schedule. What's the? I forget the other third team in the next three games. You the
0: Steelers, Saints, and Jacksonville.
2: All winnable games if you can go handle those four or five or six things that you're going to take from this film and say, we have to be better right here, and then this is what we're going to do. And so some of that is, you know, protecting the ball. Obviously, we only have had one turnover, but it's a big turnover because it was a a, a a game changer in that Diggs had just taken the ball in the end zone. Uh, and, and then just to be able to sustain drives in the third quarter and put points on the board. If you can put points on the board in the third quarter in every one of the games that the Seahawks have played, every single one of those games, they probably win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but you had two games, and we only had one drive in the third quarter, and so you never had gave yourself a chance to win. So there's little things that you'll find watching the film where it won't. It may still feel bad, but then when you look at the actual truth and the fact of the matter, you can find things that can be fixed.
3: Go to Pittsburgh and get a win bump. Easy. That's how you fix it. Yep. That's how you fix it, man. Because it's already over. This game what happened tonight. It is done. Everybody's off this weekend and you're not going into the facility tomorrow for team meetings or anything like that. So you put it behind you. you put the Steelers at the forefront and you go to Pittsburgh and you get a win. One of the other cool things real quick that's cool about having these this this extra time is you know when you're when you're evaluating the film, you get to really dissect okay all the games that we played so far. What have we done well and you take those things and you build on that what have we done well what haven't we what haven't we done well both offensively and defensively you focus on the things that you do do well and you build on that going into the next game
2: and one of the things that that they're gonna probably take a look at is what Pete said in his press conferences like how to get more pressure on the quarterback you know a lot of a lot of the uh, uh, the past game happened in the middle of the field today and part of that was you know whether the whether the coverage was or the communication of the coverage but some of it was not getting a good pressure on the quarterback and so you have a chance against the Steelers, to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. You know, so some dudes can get their pass rush primed in. You know, those defensive deep tackles can maybe come up with a sack. You know, Daryl Taylor with his, you know, four sacks in five games, maybe he comes up, with, you know, with another sack. So uh, some of those things, those things you need to fix, those those are some of those things. So maybe it, you may have to come up with a blitz pack package more and bring, you know, uh, uh, Adams back into the picture as a, as a pass rusher. We saw Bobby uh, two, weeks, two games ago get a sack on a blitz. So you may have to manufacture some, some pressure to kind of uh to kind of put take some of the pressure off of the the back end of the defense and then on offense you know whether or not Russell is playing or not uh just gotta play consistently like they have spurts in the game where they do great things and they have spurts where they don't look so great so just trying to increase that uh urgency in moments of the game that tend to kind of fade uh, and then play a complete you know four quarter game on offense
3: yeah i think on offense they they're just still they just don't have an identity still there's they're just i mean they're just still searching for who they really are uh they have things that they like to do and things that they're good at uh but they still haven't established like yo we are this type of offense and then uh on the defensive side of the ball as it pertains to uh rushing the pass i mean yeah you know you can scheme a lot of that and and there's blitz packages and uh, you can get real schematical uh, with those things. But, man, rushing the passer, man, I mean, that, that's, as, that's as much. I mean, you're going to have your chips and your your running backs and tight ends uh, be able to help, you know, on some of those pass protections. But that that's as one-on-one as you can get. I mean, you got to be a dog out there getting out there and, and, and rushing the quarterback.
0: I'll tell you one thing. If they can't get to Big Ben, I don't know if they're going to start getting to any quarterback after (laughs) this. Because Big Ben ain't going nowhere, and they are not protecting this, man. (laughs) Let's hope the Seahawks bounce back next week. (laughs) Today's final score, the Rams 26, Seahawks 17. You've been listening to Hawk Talk on 710 ESPN Seattle and Cairo 97 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. On-site engineer Zach Davies. Studio coordinators Matt Nelson and DJ Wilder, executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network, NASA Chobe. The Seahawks hit the road in 10 days and take on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football. Pre-game coverage begins at 2 p.m. right here on the Seahawks Radio Network. For Ray Roberts and Robert Turbin, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks lose to the Rams 26-17. to